Hey guys, welcome to our new podcast, SDM's Wild World. I'm your host, Elan Martinez. Uh, this this podcast is is uh, something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, adding this feature to to our website and you know and to the to the different social media platforms that we use. Uh, just wanted to share with you guys the different adventures that we go on and the different cast of characters that we meet along the way. Uh, figured that you know a lot of these people have a lot of interesting things to say about the animals that we see, animals that we work with, the conservation projects going on around the world to help save animals. Uh, so we thought we'd add a weekly show just to kind of highlight these moments and these memories that we're creating along the way. Anyway, uh, for our first episode, we are visiting with Scott Smith of the Dolphin Dream. This is the operator we use every time we visit Tiger Beach. And uh, thought we'd kick it off with um, with with a place that is near and dear to my heart. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to SDM's Wild World. <laughs> so I'm sitting here with uh, one of my oldest buddies in this industry is uh, Captain St- Scott Smith. Yeah, I blubbered your name, <laughs> Captain Scott Smith of the Dolphin Dream. Um, this is a boat I've been traveling on since 2005. A long time. So um, this is the first official podcast of SDM's Wild World and uh, I just wanted to uh, fig- I actually I figured the best place to do it and probably uh, the one that would mean the most to me would be to do it on this boat, hanging out with Captain Scott and uh, talking about tiger sharks the 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 one animal that kind of helped build my career and and uh captains as well you know as far as uh well part of building captain's career uh and uh just talking talking shark talking dolphin talking the dolphin dream and talking about the bahamian life that you've been living cool i'm number one one. (laughs) (laughs) excellent yeah so this is uh yeah so the podcast this is this is new to what we're doing this is uh something i've been wanting to do for a long time uh just you know just being able to all the different people that we meet all the different people that we hang out with uh this is just something that i've been wanting to do and i you know and this is way overdue so um cool i hope i don't mess it up (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna mess it up like crazy so it doesn't really matter uh, but yeah, so I guess the best thing to do is, is, uh, let's, let's do like a, just a quick inter- introduce yourself, like your origin story, your, your comic book number one. You know? <laughs> so. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm Captain Scott. Uh, I own and operate the Dolphin Dream. Uh, this is actually my, my 40th year of being in operation. Of course, haven't been doing tiger sharks that long. I've started pretty much the tiger sharks with like when you started with me in 2005. Yeah. You know, so we're probably pretty much the premier live aboard of Tiger Beach area. Yeah, that's uh, 40 years, huh? 40 years. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even, you can't even comprehend. <laughs> yeah, me 40 neither. Years. 40 years. So this would be, so how long have you owned the Dolphin Dream exactly? So uh, Dolphin much? Dream since 2005. Since 2005. Yeah. So that means that before then was. I the, had the Dream 2. And originally started in 1980 on the Impossible Dream. And the Impossible Dream. So this is your third liveaboard then? Third liveaboard, yeah. Oh. First one I just worked for. The second one, Dream 2, I owned. Second one, Dream 2, we did a lot of the dolphin trips. And then when I bought this one in 2005, we moved into moving, uh, doing the tiger shark and shark diving trips. Yeah. So I, I remember in those early days how it used to be just a few tiger trips, and then it was mostly dolphin. And then it, it kind of shrank from 
uh, from your your dolphin season got shorter and shorter and more people wanted to do shark stuff. You know? Yeah, it's actually amazing, you know, how many people want to do uh, the shark diving stuff. So uh, right now we're at like uh, 16, 17 dolphin trips and 21 or so uh, shark trips. And oh, really? a lot of the shark trips are longer trips also. So, okay. Wow. Can't I can't even uh, imagine what the 80s was like in, in those years for the Bahamas. I mean, I, I mean, because there's a shifting baseline that's happening. Obviously, we're seeing, you know, less and less fish in the ocean, and, and people are always, oh, you should have been there way back then. And yes. like, So I can't even imagine what those waters were like back then. I mean, we're... Yeah, it was it was definitely nicer. But, you know, surprisingly, most things are holding up pretty good. Uh, what, what I noticed the most is the loss of, like, the groupers and the... Uh, uh, the hogfish, the lobster, those are definitely less because, you know, the locals need that for their economy. But I look at the reefs themselves and I'm I'm amazed. All that stuff's held up well over the years. It's really so you're still seeing a lot of the same. Yeah. Kind of, wow. And, of course, now we see even more sharks. That's, yeah, and that's interesting because if you're looking at, you know, one of the reasons I would assume that sharks are here is because of the grouper, because of the hogfish, you know, like a lot of these big game fish, which is important, like, uh, protein for these animals. And then yes. that, the fact that most of it's gone, and yet, you know, we're seeing more sharks, you know, and I, I can't even say that, you know, the sharks took them because I know they didn't. Right. You know, yeah. and it's, no, it's yeah. humans. Yeah. yeah. And even the conch, like, you know, the conch is... Just, I mean, you just go yeah, to islands, to find conch. and it's just graveyards of just you know conch shells everywhere you go, and and uh, and like especially like the nurse shark, and you know that's you know that's one of the you know the predators that actually preys on conch species is, yes. is nurse shark, and then the fact that we're seeing even more nurse sharks is like okay, well, what is it that they're feeding on now? Like what you know, like that shifting baseline, and yeah, you know, like I, I don't know. I don't know. That's difficult. It gets pretty deep there. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let's let's go back to, you know, what, why, how did you get started in all this? Like, what, you know, as far as, obviously, you were working for a liveaboard. Yeah, I mean, if you go back farther, my father always had boats. So I was on boats since I was real little, like three or four years old. And then I learned to dive when I was like 13, and it was actually my stepfather had a liveaboard dive boat here in the Bahamas, and I was 18 and kind of not doing anything, needing a job, so I went to work on it with on the Impossible Dream, the first liveaboard, and since I had boating experience, I kind of fit right in, and that worked quite well, and you know, I was just a crew member, deckhand back then, doing a lot of diving, and and uh, we unfortunately we lost that boat in 1985 and that's when I bought me and my mother bought uh, the dream too and we went into business together doing it obviously you know I just met you and, and when we first started talking about doing these trips back in 2005 and I called you and and you know we went out on this shark trip I mean it was so like because Tiger Beach was still just a baby like she yes. was still in diapers you know Tiger Beach was you know, I think December 2003 was the first time that, you know, anyone, like, was purposely going there for Tigers. Yes, and, and I think it was, so. And then after that, it just kind of happened from there. And right. when, we, when we came, you know, together in 2000, I don't even remember what month it was. But, yeah, it was still, like, you know, hard to get the Tigers in. You know, it was still not, you know, the, it was, it was raw. It, it was, was raw. It was really <laughs> raw, man. It was, uh... But it, but it was awesome. I mean, I, I look back and, you know, at, on those days and it was, you know, they just, 
we had a few lemon sharks. It was a handful of reef sharks that would occasionally come in. And you used to actually got to a point where it was kind of exciting seeing a reef shark than those right. days, you know, at the Tiger right. Beach and mm -hmm. at, at uh, Tiger Chain, which is a, uh, our primary dive site until you you started uh, working with fishtails, which is your, you know, now your star dive site for, for your operation. And, and yeah, which both are in Tiger Beach. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We absolutely. started in the shallower spot, and now we've moved out to a little deeper reef. And I think it's better because there's more sharks, and the sharks, I think, feel more comfortable in that area. Well, what I love about it, too, is, is you know, the the evolution of, of that dive site, because fishtails has, has gone from... You know, when, when the t we f you first started chumming there, how the explosion of not only just the shark, I mean, the shark population has grown and grown in that area, but also the grouper and the snapper and everything else that, you know, the life around that reef has just exploded because uh, nobody hunts there. Yeah, that's you know? exactly it. And it has. It's really exploded. I mean, you go down on that reef and, I mean, not counting the sharks, it's just amazing how much life is there. Yeah, and you know that's the stuff that they've seen in Fiji. The spinoff of creating a shark sanctuary in Fiji, where nobody fishes in those waters, and the the you know the what's happened is, all the game fishes come back, and so all the Fijians are now enjoying hanging out on the peripherals of that of that reserve, and they they're catching so much fish, so much game fish, just because all the fishes that that you know, makes the, sense. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and you know, it's the same thing happening here. Where yeah. Well, fortunately, the Bahamas, you know, they enacted laws to protect the sharks here, so yeah, that was a good thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think that's awesome, and and you know, you're seeing the results of it today with all the tigers, and and to the point where. You know, I feel like maybe in another 10, 15 years, Tiger Beach might be undivable just because there's so <laughs> many tigers. You know, I don't know. I mean, it, that could be, you know, I mean, we're, yeah, we're seeing them. You're, on average, you're, you know, you're looking at anywhere from five to, to eight tigers on a dive. Could you imagine 10, 15 years from now? Like, Although our numbers haven't got too much, so we'll see. <laughs> but we've also become more conservative, you know, and well, you've seen true. the changes. You know, yeah. we, when we first started, we had to add a lot of bait, you know, put the fresh stuff in. And now as things have moved along, we've been able to, been able to cut back on bait and be a little more conservative about it. And I don't know. I'm hoping more than 10 years. I got at least <laughs> another 15, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the other thing. I mean, how, you know, if you want to do... How much longer do you want to do? I mean, 40 years of, of living on a liveaboard, and I mean, it's... I don't know how to do anything else, so I'm stuck here. <laughs> yeah, I, I figure I can do this. I'm going to be able to do this when I'm 80, 85. I'll just keep hiring a bunch of young, dumb crew and <laughs> keep going. <laughs> well, that's, I, I guess that's uh, that's the key, man, is having uh, young blood to, to kind of do yeah. all the day-to-day -day stuff. Yeah. And just... Well, and this lifestyle itself keeps me young, too. It does, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're not, you know, you're definitely, I, I, I can say, you know, from being out here with him that uh, Captain always works out on the boat. You know, sometimes we don't like to watch him working out. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a little shocking, I guess. Uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, we've, we've had a, I've had a, a great time out here and, you know, learning this behavior and, and, you know, actually, you know, seeing it. And it's kind of been both of our careers kind of, you yes. know, it's been, you know, because, you know, you, when I started, too, it was, you know, I didn't know much. And, and yeah. you know, we just, we kind of evolved together in, in this game. Yeah, we did. And, and uh, uh, so We that. had to work through it and build the business and, you know, figure out the best way to handle the sharks. And, 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that, and that's been awesome. That, I mean, that's been, you know, one of the things when I look back at my career is going to be one of my fondest memories. And, right. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> cool. So tell us a little bit about the Dolphins. Okay, we, we t- talked a little bit about Tigers. Tell me about the Dolphins. Because, I mean, first, the one, like, there's been an evolution of Dolphin, of uh, the Dolphin activity here, too, because you used to be able to spend all your time up in the, up here for the Dolphins, and now they're no longer here. They're kind of hanging out by Bimini now. And Yeah, I mean, uh, Truthfully, I kind of like dolphins better, but (laughs) (laughs) sharks are great, but dolphins are cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, they used to hang out in White Sand Ridge area, which is just about 20 miles north of Tiger Beach area, and that used to be the main grounds, but uh, about five years ago, they all moved down here to Bimini area. It's kind of strange, can't really figure out why they moved, but they are now all down here in Bimini. Yeah, because I, I remember back in, in, the, in, you know, again, those early days where we'd go out and we'd go do a night dive with the dolphins, you know, just yes. kind of like go out to the deep water at the end of a day, just kind of change things up a little bit and, and swim around with them. And, yeah, that, that that's no longer possible. Yeah, you know? no. Especially when you're at Tiger Beach. Maybe here, on you know, with the with the the great hammerheads here off Bimini. Oh, I forgot to mention, we're here on Bimini Island. We, I, I don't even think I mentioned that. No, we're you didn't. Here. <laughs> We're sitting here, so this is actually, so this interview is actually taking place at the end of, of our January trip. So we're out here, uh, we had a one hell of a challenging week yes. with weather. Weather has been a bitch this week. I yes. mean, it really has been. It's um, made it really hard. Uh, I mean, we had sharks all week long, had tiger sharks, but we had crap visibility, we had swell, we had wind, uh, you know, the boat was banging around on top and making it hard for people to get back on. Uh, so it's it, it's been tough. It's a damn a difficult week. Fortunately, it finally got nice today. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Now, today, to narrate today, it is absolutely gorgeous. It's sunny. You got puffy clouds out there. We got flat, calm seas, blue water. Hammerheads. Hammerheads, bull sharks, bull sharks. And, and I think too many damn nurse sharks. <laughs> Um, you know, that's that's actually what's They love a nurse shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, nurse sharks are cool if you, that's what you're here to see. You Even know? if not, I still find them cool. I mean, they're, I mean, it's a it's a neat shark. I mean, if I was anywhere else in the world and they're like, hey, there's 20 nurse sharks down there, I'd be all over that. Yeah, you know? right, like, I'd exactly. be like, yeah, hey, let's go yeah. diving. But when you're see, that's what s- I mean by love a nurse shark. They get <laughs> overshadowed by the hammerheads and the bulls. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're definitely forgotten beauties. But, I mean, at the same time, they're just they're a pain in the ass. Yes. Because you know? like, there's too many of them, and they tend to... And the bull sharks are a pain in the ass. I mean, it's nice if you were here to see a bull shark, but we're here to see great hammerheads, yeah. which is one of Bimini's, one of the only places in the world where you can reliably find great hammerheads. And and then it's being overrun by bull sharks. Matter of fact, on this last dive we did, I just watched a bull shark chase away a great hammerheads. So really? Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it is what it is, but I mean, it's an evolving location, evolving, yes. shifting baseline. Yep, just like so, Tiger Beach. Yeah, so... Uh, Dolphins. Okay, yeah. Before I go into this other question, I did want to ask you, um, dolphin behavior. Let's. Uh, so, there's. You got two different species of dolphins in the Bahamas. You got the bottlenose dolphins, and you got the spotteds. You yeah. Know? I mean, you're definitely the bottlenose are not. Known not really for, playful. Yeah. You know, however, in other parts of the world, bottlenose are you know very playful species of, of you know. Yeah. I yeah that that happens. I mean, it's kind of like the nurse sharks and the hammerheads the spotted dolphins here overshadow the bottlenose because the spotteds are so friendly you know so we come across the bottlenose we don't really even try to play with them that much 
because we're looking for spotted because they're already real playful so there's not as much conditioning shall we say with people oh that makes sense yeah the yes. spotted dolphins here are the ones that are really playful i mean it's been generations and generations of the dolphins growing up around people and they're a playful dolphin anyways uh, they come up and swim with you and you snorkel with them and free dive and it's a lot of eye contact it's they're neat <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, you, through the years, because I mean, you you you've actually written books and you've made videos about dolphins. I mean, you've spent so much time with them. Uh, you know, as, do you still recognize a lot of the individuals, or is that something? Has it changed so much? Yeah, it's changed. At one point in time, years ago, I had like 125 of them identified in a catalog, um, and even back then, I could recognize probably 30 of them. But now, a lot of those individuals have passed on, a lot of new individuals come in, so I'm probably only at about 10 individuals that I can easily recognize now. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's definitely been, they have long lives, though, don't they? Yeah, they're looking at, like, we're guessing 50 years or so. But, you know, it, it's very dynamic. They move around to different areas, and, of course, even though, you know, 50 years might be their top lifespan, it's like humans. Some of us die a little younger than others, and, you know, so it's changed. Considering I've been here 40 years now, I've been able to see some of those changes, and I've tried to keep up with the new individuals, but uh, it's very time-consuming, shall we say, <laughs> to run the identification program. I imagine. Yeah. I definitely imagine. You think that um, you, that they leave the Bahamas, or is it, it you know, because of the, the spotteds that are hanging around, but, you know, obviously they moved, they went from, you know, was it Sandy Cay over here and versus... White Sand Ridge. White Sand Ridge, I'm sorry. White Sand Ridge to, to Bimini, that they go off to other areas as well? And, and yeah, within of, the Bahamas. I don't think they get too far away, but there are different groups throughout the Bahamas, and I, and I know the individuals will move between the different groups. I imagine to keep the gene pool yeah, kind of clean and Yeah, I think so. Healthy. I believe that's yeah. it, yeah. Uh -huh. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So let's talk about this wacky behavior that I see with uh, the bottlenose dolphins coming in and just almost harassing the shit out of the spotted <laughs> I don't like to use the word harassment um, you know some bullying there is a little bit of bullying going oh, on oh there is there is but it does work both ways sometimes yeah you know I mean it looks the bottlenose are definitely bigger so there are times where you see the bottlenose look like they're bullying, bullying the spotted, but there's other times the spotted are chasing around the, the bottlenose. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Who really takes the dominant position? It's difficult to say. Spotted are much faster than the bottlenose, much more maneuverable, and yet the bottlenose are much bigger. So I think it depends on who's in that group at that particular time as to how many. If you have more spotted, they kind of dominate. If you have more bottlenose, they kind of dominate that type of stuff and at the peak of when you were spending most of your time the majority of your time did you did you ever see like um like individuals interested in like say you're in the water all the time and actually seeking you out because they know you're in the water or oh yeah that? definitely oh yeah. yeah i mean you know I, I ran the identification catalog and i can only recognize a handful but i've always said more dolphins can recognize me than i can recognize them and I, I truly believe that's true. You know, I spent so much time in the water with them. They'd come up and they'd act. That's why I started the identification, because they'd come up and act really friendly. I'm like, you know me, don't, don't you? And then I started identifying them because it was hard for me to keep track of who the individuals were. So they definitely recognized me. That's, 
I think that's awesome. I, you know, for me, the, my favorite thing about an animal is when it reaches across yes. and it actually wants to interact with people, you know, like versus, you know, forcing it in a, you know, having it at your home or having it in a cage and then, you know, building a bond with it, but versus, a, well, you know, an actual wild animal. Wild that, animal. That potentially, you know, reaches across and, and, you know, like would recognize you and come up to you because, like, they know you and they want to be around you. I mean, I think that is fascinating yeah. as hell, man. That, uh, it, yeah, it is. It's amazing. That is, <laughs> I don't think there's anything that can describe it, you know, like, as far it, as having like being in the water yourself and being there and then and then having that animal like come up to you and swim around you on purpose and know that it's you and know and you know that it knows that it's you and yeah and just that feeling i mean it's got to be hard to describe that feeling. it is and where else in the world can you have a wild animal that really wants to come up to a human and play with you with no food involved no cages no training just simply because they want to play yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, I I definitely wanted to, you know, I I wanted to kick this off. I'm not really sure. I mean, we can we could go. I I mean, go on and on. I did have one question. I want to yes. know what is the coolest thing you've ever seen in the Bahamas? Oh wow! Wildest, coolest. Like I mean, it's just. Because you used to do whales, too, out here. I mean, you used to go out to... Yeah, we did some whale surveys here. I would say probably... Actually, would be kind of some of the smaller stuff. Um, seen a golden manta ray here, which... Um, nobody... I talked to other people about it. Nobody's ever heard of these. But, I mean, they're like a regular manta, except they're kind of golden in color. You know, they're very rare, very unusual... Yeah, see the blank look on your face, <laughs> you don't even know what I'm talking about. But I've seen one. <laughs> and then, um, actually, the other really cool things were uh, nudibranchs. Small nudibranchs, maybe three-quarters of an inch, but just thousands and thousands of them. So many that they'd move as a mass, and it looked like a wave rolling across the bottom of the water. Really? Some yeah. kind of mating ball or something? Yeah, I mean, just, like I say, thousands and thousands and thousands of them just crawling over each other. It was amazing. And I've also got lucky enough to see a couple big tunas, a couple big bluefin tunas here, which are becoming extremely rare. And when I mean big, you know, big, as big, if not bigger than we are. Wow. Yeah, I've seen them swim in. Um, nighttime encounters with the dolphins. We'll have sailfish come in. We'll have marlin come in. That's thrilling. Marlin. Marlin. That's Holy kind of shit. scary. Because <laughs> at nighttime and they're hunting, you know. Yeah, and they're, they're using big. the lights. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I can't believe you even still see Marlon. I remember, you know, I mean, that's the one thing that, like, here, like, when you go to some of the old restaurants off Bimini and you look at, you know, the old pictures from the 50s and yes. 60s and you're there, there's all these giant trophies of Marlon. And, and I, I, I look at all these photos and I'm like, where the hell did they see these, you know, like these animals? Like, spend so much time in the ocean and you never see them like yeah. it's never like they're gone like it's just they're you know? still around just not as many of them and yeah. i think that's it because there's just not as many so it's few and far between to be able to get something to get able to get to see something like that yeah and, and i imagine that has a lot to do with their food source you know maybe that, not so much that they're gone it's just their food source is gone and there's no reason for them to visit you know uh, yeah, I mean, one of the things that concerns me, and I can't be positive about it, but sometimes I think the flying fish are less than they used to be. And that's a big major food source for a lot of different fish. So, 
that kind of goes along with the sargasso seaweed. I don't think I see as much of that. You know, and maybe it's just my imagination, but by the way I look at it, that's all kind of decreased some, and so the food, the basic food of a lot of these big animals is disappearing. Well, I mean, that's, I guess that's a story we're hearing across the world, so to speak, and you know, I mean, it's just happening everywhere. Yes, unfortunately. Too much, there's too much of us, and not enough of them. Exactly, yes. (laughs) That that problem there. (laughs) Yes. So what do you think, so let's, let's let's get a little dirty here. What do you think of the politics of shark diving? You know, the pros and cons of, of uh, you know, because, I mean, obviously I'm pro shark diving, but just just the idea of, of feeding sharks and working with sharks, I mean, it's like it's... Well, it's you know, such... and we kind of went through this with dolphins many years ago. You know, we were swimming with the dolphins. Granted, we weren't feeding them or training them, but still we were kind of affecting their behavior. So, you know, is this good or bad type thing? And I always looked at it and said, well, if it wasn't for me swimming with the dolphins and and the publicity and the people coming to join me, then the awareness of dolphins in general wouldn't be as big as it is. So I believe it's the same thing with sharks. Yeah, maybe it's not good to feed them. We're changing their behavior, but we're opening up so many other people's awareness of what sharks are really like. They're not what most people think as being, you know, a mindless killer. That's just not true. And the only way this has come about is by people like me and you getting out there and interacting with the animals. And it requires feeding, you know, so we're changing them a little bit. But I think it's worthwhile because we need to stop killing these animals all over the world. Agreed. I I mean, that's to to preach into the choir for me, you know, because, you know, I mean, without us being here, I mean, it would just open up, you know, like... I've always looked at it, the government's going to make money one of two ways, you know, like it's either, you you know, money or votes is extremely important to a government body, so yes. if they're not making money off ecotourism, they're definitely going to make it off the fishermen. So yes, like exactly. it's You know, they're, they're going to get it from somewhere, somehow. Yes. And, you know, so, you know, giving money to the Bahamian government is a, is a positive thing. I think that's an important thing. Yeah, and I pay my taxes. Yeah. And, and they understood it. That's why they created the legislation to cut back, you know, to cut off any type of uh, shark fishing here in the Bahamas. They had pressure from the Chinese. Chinese wanted to come in here and start fishing for sharks. The Bahamian government was smart about it, realized they're making money because of the tourists that come here, the taxes they collect. So they went and protected the sharks. It was very smart of them. Oh, I think that's awesome. I mean, I love what they did. I mean, you know, creating a shark sanctuary, I think that's the last salvation these animals have for, you know, to protect them or to keep them keep them around for generations to come. Yeah. You know, same thing. That's one of the best, That my favorite parts about fish tails is the fact that uh, the Bahamian fishermen, because the way they catch most of their grouper and snapper is they drop down with spear guns. Yes. And they're terrified of sharks. The locals are absolutely terrified, so they fish nowhere where there's a shark. Yes. So fishtails, thankfully, all our buddies, you know, Gary the Grouper and all those guys, all the cast of characters that live on fishtails are protected, which is yes. awesome. Yes. So they're protected by the sharks. <laughs> protected by the sharks, exactly. So that's awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's such a fine line. I mean, you know, ecotourism is damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know. But I think, you know, it's it's a necessary evil in, in essence of, like, you know, what are the alternatives, you know. And obviously yeah. everybody says leave them alone, but the reality is they're never going to be left alone. They're Whether never going to be left alone. fishermen or ecotourism or whatever. Exactly. And I think the better solution is always going to be ecotourism, yeah. you know. I mean, and I have seen it, you know. I look back 30, 35 years ago running dive charters and... Nobody would have ever thought that anybody was going to be diving with tiger sharks, let alone hand-feeding them and doing the stuff we do. I mean, it wasn't thought of. And this was within the dive community. People that already enjoyed nature, enjoyed being in, in the water, nobody ever thought that would happen. So now it's evolved to where we're actually interacting with these big tiger sharks. All these divers are saying, oh, wait a minute. Hey, this is cool. This isn't what we thought it was, even as divers. And then, of course, they go home. And they spread their pictures out and talk to people and people that aren't divers might, you know, freak out a little bit, but they listen to it and they start to say, wait a minute, these can't be what everybody says they are as being mindless killers because here are my friends out there diving with them showing me these great pictures. So it spreads much farther than we even realize this awareness of them. Yeah, and especially with the growth of social media, you know. Yes. Your, your, your favorite tool? My <laughs> We won't go there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with social media, I mean, it just made, like, I mean, before, you know, when I when I first started and we had the magazine, you know, we would come out here, do a story, put it in the magazine, and then people would see it that way. But with, yeah. you know, with social media, I mean, it's instant. Like, you yes. know, we get out of the boat, edit a photo, throw it online, and people are, you know, in real time can see what we're up to. Yeah, and it gets more, much farther uh, reached than, than, than a magazine. Oh, now. absolutely. It goes yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And in real time, and if you get something special, it gets even further. You know, yes. like, I mean, people just start spreading and sharing it. And yeah, that's what makes it amazing. You like know? diving with tiger sharks and hammerheads. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Well, Captain. I'm kind of glad. I kind of always considered myself to be kind of a, an ambassador for the underwater world, bringing people out here. And I've always felt that that was an honor that I had. And I certainly respect the ocean and the sharks, and hopefully it raises more awareness. Yeah, and I was about to say, I was like, well, you are definitely the um, one of the OGs of, of this this place. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I can't even imagine the, the probably the tens of thousands of people that you've taken diving through the years, much less the, the people that you've touched. From yes. because of it, you know, like you know, you you know, the people that you brought out here, and then the people that, you know, that that you know, I guess that the the stone in the pond, and you know, right, the ripple, the ripple effect, effect of, yep. of doing that, you yeah, know. You, you've done, yeah, it's quite a hell of a legacy, man. Yeah, thank yeah, you, yes. thank you, forty years worth. <laughs> forty years, no shit. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. another twenty. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, there, here's to that. So. Anyway, I think we're going to end it here. Thanks, thanks again for sitting in. Thanks for being a part of this. This is uh, this is truly special to me, and and uh, looking forward to many, many more years with you on cool. this boat. You know, the Dolphin Dream. She's a beautiful, beautiful girl. She's got a lot of soul. Yes. You know. Um, speaking of social media, let's. I, I guess let's. Uh, where where can people find you on on social? Uh, we're on Facebook, Dolphin Dream Team. We have an Instagram account under the Dolphin Dream Team. And we have a YouTube channel under Dolphin Dream Team. You have a YouTube channel? There's not much on it, but I do have a YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> 
Cool, man. Well, maybe you can try to do, like I said, like we're starting up this podcast. We talked about it. You know, I think you guys would be, you know, have an amazing podcast show with all the different cast of characters you have coming through here all the time. Should be something to think about. Yeah, I'll definitely be thinking about it. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for letting me be the first. Absolutely. I appreciate it. No, I love thank it, you for all the years together. It's been great having you. It's been a blast, man. Yes. Thanks, Cool. Ken. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our channel. Uh, click like and let your friends know all about it. Cheers and uh, we'll see you next week.